everyone, and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 239, we're discussing the MCU multiverse and casting the next generation of heroes. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. And guys, no Sonny this week. He is here. He's just going to sit in the background like last week and just not say anything until the very, very end. No, he's not here, guys. He's taking a little, little break. He's got other priorities, other things going on out there. But he likely will be back next week, and we'll have the whole crew in the house. But this week, you got myself, Carlos, and Troy, and we're going to take you through a little bit of nerd here, guys. We're going to talk about the expanding MCU multiverse with Jamie Foxx hopping back on board into the role of Electro for Spider-Man 3. We're going to talk about what that means and the consequences for the MCU multiverse or even a live-action Spider-Verse over in the Sony world. And also, we've been pushing this off for a few weeks. Unfortunately, we've had so much news that we couldn't get to this, but we're going to talk about some of the casting that we've seen from Miss Marvel to She-Hulk to Hawkman, filling out the next generation of the heroes we're going to see eventually on the big screen because another topic we're going to hit here, guys, is the fact that it looks like everything's being delayed to late 21 into 2022. We've got a massive hiatus in live action films here but nonetheless those streaming services and some of these bigger projects are finding their lead characters diversifying which is great and we're going to talk about all of that guys this week but first things first we got to get into it. it's been another very exciting week in nerd in collecting in filming and just about everything guys i i've dipped into the boys i'm five mm. four or five episodes in i'm loving it there you go I've, ha- I've had an absolute blast with that but guys i gotta hear what you guys have been up to first troy my dude craven the yeah, hunter <laughs> what's yeah, what's man. your week in nerd look like uh shoot where do i start it has been crazy you know what this week's been a lot of um a lot of doubles, man. So last week I picked up that sweet Fox Universe Xavier and Magneto dual pack, and I love it. I loved it so much that I had to buy it again uh, because <laughs> <laughs> because because I best. needed <laughs> because I needed Charles Xavier, man. I needed Charles Xavier's body to throw something on there because you know it's very hard. Tim, you know this too. It's very hard to find a Marvel yes. Legend these days in a in a nice suit, um, and I needed that whether it's something down the line but i just need that body so um yeah i picked that up um i picked up another vader because i was on the hunt hard man i was looking out for you guys i was trying to find that beskar armor mando oh this guy man it's like a four-leaf clover out there it's so hard to find this thing and every time i feel like i'm just short because i've gone around i've looked and every time i feel like i find pretty much the whole wave but that guy Mm. i found the vader i find the luke i find uh you know what's and Akbar, I see them all the time, but I saw another <laughs> Vader and I was like, you know what? I need to pick this up because I did order a couple from EB Games, but EB Games has been slacking with the pre-orders. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had any notifications, right? So I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick these things up right now when I get the chance and I can cancel the pre-order later. So I picked up another Vader. I uh, picked up some comic books. I can't remember if I mentioned it last week when I talked about X Factor. Continue with uh, continue with um, Jonathan Hickman's run. Um, but saga 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 mm. saga listen i've been quiet about it for the last couple episodes but i haven't been sleeping on the book i finished it all nine books all nine trades thanks to grabs and carlos and insert insert 416 i heard you're reading it too and listen this book changes your life man it's changed my life i've, I've read this book i finished it and i was um i don't want to spoil anything 
But Carlos, I think use you as Tommy, man. Wait till you get to that ending. And I got to that ending today and was completely blown away. I don't think ever, ever in all the comic books I've read, I've ever been so, one, invested in a universe, and two, just emotionally attached to these characters that I've been introduced to. It it absolutely blew my mind. You know, I was telling my wife about, you know, this, this book's so amazing because it has that Game of Thrones factor where certain characters that you don't necessarily like at the beginning, you fall in love with later on. Um, but this book does it even better. This book also makes the likable characters likable. You know, these, these days, it's very easy to make that kind of unlikable character, the one you're rooting for. It's, it's like the cool thing now. But this book also does a good job of making very likable characters that you're rooting for from the jump, but also introducing very unlikable characters and you're rooting for. And uh, man, what a trip that was. I'm, I'm now waiting in line with uh, Carlos grabs for book 10, just waiting for uh, Brian K. Vaughn to uh, come back man because i need this book in my life again it's it was just fantastic man i I can't i can't say enough good things um there was also one other thing i picked up and i can't necessarily remember what it was man there's oh you know what it was it was the uh, 40th anniversary empire strikes back uh boba fett um, oh. and, I, and I had to shoot over to the board <laughs> the DM. I, I told him, I said, I was like, listen, man, this, this is my last Boba Fett. This is the last one. I got too many of these things now. Um, this, this is it for me. So that was the last one I picked up again. It was another EB pre-order that I, that I've made, but again, it's been quiet. So once that one comes in, I'll just, I'll just cancel that one. Yeah, but it's I'm it's glad your last I- Boba Fett until the deluxe drops from last the deluxe week. Drops. Well, you know, I did see the, um, the carbonated one. The, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that too at EB Games. Um, but forty five bucks, I think it was. Way too much. Way too I, much. I, I dumped that carbonite, like or carbonized line after the Mando figure that uh, Darth sent me. Yeah, so it's like nah, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. It's like it's a kind of a silly exclusive, and it's not film accurate at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like you know, for like the Vader one, I'm kind of like okay, I'm still probably gonna pass. Well, you're and a Vader Mando dude one, too. That, and then I'm a Vader dude, but the, the Mando one and the Vader kind of makes sense for me a little bit, but for everything else, especially for figures that aren't really meant to be glossed up, it just, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me. So, um, yeah, man, but that's, that's really been it. So it's nothing, it's nothing crazy this week. It's just been, yeah, like I said, a lot of doubles and just sinking my teeth into, uh, some good old saga, man. Brian K. Vaughn. Ah, love it. Well, the, the amount of heap or the amount of praise you've heaped on this yeah. in the last couple of months, I would say last month and a half, it's huge. And I, like I said, I'm going to get into this once I clear my backlog because yeah. like between like the three, you guys, or the two, you guys and grabs, it's yeah. like, there's three of the deepest comic book readers that I know and very diverse readers too, yeah. expressing love and interest and just passion for this. And so it's definitely on the list. It's definitely nice. on the list. Nice. Oof. It's, it's hard to top. It's like the best thing I've read in a long time. But now you can jump on that pain train waiting for that next issue with that <laughs> I don't hope it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah, that be no, something? I, now I want the book to stay delayed so you can feel my pain a little bit. I've been waiting for that issue for like a year. Yeah, so it finished in like 2019, 2018, this book? 2019. Yeah, I wow. Think. Yeah. Ooh. Man, Man, that's that's a, that's a tough wait for you guys, but yeah. uh, may, hopefully, maybe I'll get there before. Yeah. Maybe I'll time it so when book ten comes out, I'm I'm right there. That's <laughs> get the way to, to do it, it man. That's <laughs> the way to do it. Yeah, the uh, hanger is rough, man. It's rough. Mm. <laughs> what about you, goddamn Batman? It's it's been a, a very interesting week for you, and I, I want to put one thing out there. I know you've been grinding 
And and Troy's been out there. Craven, he's been looking for that Beskar Mando. But I will say this right now. Anyone in the crew finds that Beskar Mando, it goes to Carlos first. Oh, it, goes, it goes straight there because the amount of time and effort that you've put into the hunt for this thing, no one tops it. Like, it's, it's incredible the dedication you've had to this line, to this figure specifically. So even if I find it, I'm going to give it to you, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because it's the oh, goddamn man. Batman of Star Wars. Like, yes, it is. In your life. <laughs> yes he does so i can i can wait on this one i got a couple mando figures here but it's going it's going straight to the bat cave if we do get our hands on it now yeah, you uh you, you've been you've been sending us some some images here for a man that's what maybe a year or so ago when we crossed paths and really started to, to interact and you came on the show a couple times did your trial run became a a full-fledged nerd room member and then the fig life started man you got deep into it and uh I think I think you may have uh, eclipsed us in the hunt this week when it comes to that fig life. <laughs> oh man, like yeah, it was ridiculous. Cause yeah, I don't think I was collecting figures in January. <laughs> <laughs> A lot's and, changed since January for all of us. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Um, yeah, but first, actually, a, a little uh, little prequel to to the hunt this week. And that was our boy, Darth Goody. We've been going back and forth. So I hit him up a few weeks ago and said, dude, you got to try and get me the Walmart exclusive Dark Knights medal. I kind of slept on it a bit during the pre-order window. He got his locked in. I was like, ah, have you got yours yet? You showing up in the stores? Because Troy's been sending me pictures of guys getting lucky and finding them in the odd Walmart down in the States. But uh no luck, he hadn't got his yet. But uh, with that, we've been kind of conversing a bit. And uh, he just hits me up and he's like, so, what's the big uh, Batman recommendation from you? Uh, give me a good book that I can dive into and just, it's going to blow me away. So I was like, yeah, I threw out a couple things. But I was like, you know what, my, my all-time favorite is Batman the Cult. Like, it's Batman like you've never seen him, both visually the way he's drawn and just the journey that he goes through and whatnot. So... Our boy not only takes that recommendation to heart, there's no digital download for Darth Goody. He sends me a pic of like four prestige format books in his hand. He hunted these things down. They came out in like the 80s or 90s. What? But yeah, he bought the four singles. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, man, let me know what you think once you start diving in. And they're pretty beefy books. And uh, I get a DM a couple hours later saying that he crushed the entire series. (laughs) absolutely wow. loved it and so wow. that was cool so that was a special part of my weekend nerd awesome was, uh, a That's little connect dope. with darth goody there over uh, batman the cult but um with that never-ending hunt for the best car mando i end up getting uh, an email from toys r us canada just kind of their weekly flyer or whatever like toddler stuff on sale like ah well i guess that's like a indication that i should go on there and See if anything pops up when I start uh, searching for Black Series Mandalorian figure. <laughs> but as I start typing in the little um, preview window, the freaking Dark Knight's Metal Grim Knight shows up. Guns on his back. I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? <laughs> so the search engine on Toys R Us Canada is either too good or no good at all. I don't know what the deal is with this thing. <laughs> but you can never quite type in products the right way to get them to populate. So, like, I looked at my phone usage that day. 
95 minutes I spent like doing searches and variations <laughs> and all sorts ah. of stuff on the Toys R Us website. But I ended up locking in a pre-order for the Grim Knight Batman from that line and the Murder Machine Batman from that line. But then like I would try and send the links to Troy and I couldn't find the links again. And I eventually kind of got there and um, I was like, yeah, in, in store at market mall. Yeah. Done. Like go uh, in store pickup. And so I send my wife the confirmation email. I'm like, do you mind going down and picking these up for me? And when you're there, if they have them, they'll have the rest of them. I can't find them on the site. Yada, yada, yada. So bless her heart. She goes into <laughs> Toys R Us. She goes on the hunt first. And as she's there, I'm on the phone with the manager saying, like, these are the ones I'm looking for. And they send me through to some guy. And he's like, uh, these are all the ones I have on the floor. I'm like, oh, I sent my poor wife there for nothing. But she goes to pick up the pre-order. They're like, what are you talking about? These are sold out. She's like, well, they can't be sold out because you sold them to us. So um, they're like, well, we don't have them. Sorry. But I'm like, no, I can't give up there. So I start doing more searches and I find other ones. So then I'm like, screw it. So I order them for pickup in store and I order them to ship to me. And uh, next day I get the confirmation. I was like, hey, do you mind uh, sliding back over by Market Mall? It says that these are there. So she's like, oh, okay. And I kind of get this like quasi terse text that once again, she went nothing on the shelves, nothing, uh, nothing for pickup. But I was like, okay, I got these on order. And then I keep doing my searches and like the devastator shows up for the first time. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get this guy. Cause he's like a hundred bucks on eBay. So same thing. I order him and then I was like, you know what? Forget market mall. I'll make the drive up to beacon Heights and, uh, or not Beacon, um, Cross Iron Mills, like past even Sonny's house. Yeah, Locked down a few of them it's there. Like tent. I know. And, and then I Quickly phone and I, <laughs> and I phone and I get this kid. I was like, dude, I just ordered these figures. Like, can you just like give me proof of life? Like, do you guys have these things? Are they are they on the shelf? And he's like, yeah. He's like, there's a, this Rocky looking Batman and this Green Lantern <laughs> looking one. Is this what you're after? I was like, yes. Yes. I was like, hide them. Just like, don't let anybody take those figures. So, uh, the next day I packed the kid up and like, I had trouble sleeping because I was like, I should have just gone. I should have just dropped everything and gone, <laughs> gone up. That the iron. is plastic anxiety right there. I know. I know. But it was just like circumstances with the family. Like I couldn't go on Friday night. So I was just like, no. And I was like, and then, like, I wake up in the morning, and my kid had an appointment. I was like, well, can we, like, sneak it in before? Like, my wife's like, it is an hour drive, <laughs> and they only open an hour before the appointment. It's, like, physically impossible. <laughs> They're paid for. Like, Did you say, I'm Batman. Like, I can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> this is why Bruce Wayne stole Barry Allen's Speed Force in the Dark Knight Metal. <laughs> there you because go. Because you needed to be, be around. <laughs> so, um yeah, so needless to say, we go flying up after this appointment, like Mach 1 to Cross Iron, before I go pick up my stuff, go to the section, and they have a few of them on the shelf. So I was like, oh. I know I got these coming in the mail. I got confirmations, I think, but you know, they could get lost. Somebody could steal them. Who knows? Maybe oh. they'll just send me Imaginex toys. I, I got to buy them. I, it doesn't matter. So I grab a set, and then I was like... I, 
I couldn't even remember what I had pre-ordered. So I was like, well, I best go pay for these and then see what I have pre-ordered. But as I'm doing this, my cheeky kid, she's like, she's kind of poking around and I, I hear this, daddy, I found your Mandalorian. So I'm like juggling these figures and running over to the aisle. And then she's like sitting there killing herself laughing. Because oh, I'm myself with this armful of McFarlane figures. <laughs> and Man, she got me. Cause I thought you were holding it out just to tell yeah. us. <laughs> no, oh, I wish. No. I wish, man. That's brilliant. No. Yeah, she got me bad. So we go pay for those figures, <laughs> and then I pick up. And so I was like, "Okay, we got these. They're paid for." And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I have this pre-order. So I paid for both. You can't tell me there's limits. Whatever. I need them. I'm the goddamn Batman." <laughs> and so bring out the back card. Yeah, so the manager guy comes out and he gives me like a devastator. So I was like, okay, sweet. I got two devastators, one to open, one that I can keep in package. Yeah. And then he pulls out the Dawnbreaker and he's like, I can't let you get any more. I was like, okay, well, I need to get my boy the Grim Knight. So I sent my kid running back to the aisle and I switched out the Dawnbreaker and locked in that Grim Knight so that we had oh, one for you there. My and, dude. Uh, yeah. And so we had those all locked up and man, these figures, like, bringing tears to my eyes they're so good had oh. them all on the couch lined up taking pictures i was like okay well i'm not going to open any until mine arrives so i sent troy a message i was like i got you one unlocked but um package is a bit banged up just wait i have at least one more coming i think if these <laughs> things happen so we'll see so then i'm out grocery shopping on monday and my wife sends me a picture mm -hmm. message and she's like uh i think you ordered something from toys r us and it's a picture of our front door, and there's boxes of figures <laughs> stacked up past the mailbox. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's so funny because you said that to the DM. I'm like, well, I hope the missus didn't see this. And you're like, well, she actually sent me the photo. <laughs> I know. I know. But I survived because, like, all things with Batman, if he has prep time, he can win any battle. So I came back from grocery shopping. Flowers in hand. Oh, oh man. That's you. the Bruce Wayne, baby. Yes, it yeah. is. But yeah, boy, that's there you right. go. That transition. <laughs> and, man, I got to tell you, boys, I freaking love these figures. Like, they are gorgeous. The sculpts are amazing. They articulate. Like, honestly, my only complaint is, like, why did you make these exclusive? Because they are the best figures you've done in this DC Multiverse line to date. And I get it. They're kind of niche. But they're just so cool just so cool like i'm not a guy who likes batman with guns but that grim knight figure is yeah one of the gorgeous. coolest batman yo figures you you, you, got, you gotta plug the audience man and let them know because you posted some pics and i mean yeah. like come on these things look wicked yeah they're on awesome. the on the nerd room instagram page so we, we've made it a one-stop shop for all our collectible yes, finds so yes. I've, I've been doing a, a dark night a day and yeah uh, so the devastator is up there and the Grim Knight Batman is up there. And even the Batman who last made it in there. I had so much anxiety over this stupid set of figures. I had bought the Batman who laughs like months ago. But I was like, I'm not opening him. I, I, if I can't get them all, what's the point? I, I need to have all of the <laughs> Dark Knight's metal or none of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's actually in a few of the pictures too. But uh, yeah, they're awesome. Like, And just the attention to detail. Like the Batman who laughs is like, he's the same size as the Grim Knight because they're both Bruce Wayne, but he's like two thirds the size because the Grim Knight is like beefy and more ripped and like 
just a, a thicker dude because he's like the guns and ammo guy, but because the Batman who laughs is kind of the cerebral knife in the back type of dude. He's all skinny and it, it's just awesome that every single figure has a completely different body to him. And yeah, it's no re- reuse and molds. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the price point, the price point is amazing for these things. Well, that it's, was a come on. Like it's unbelievable. Like we're talking um, about, the kingpin I'm hunting down, he's like 45 bucks and he's a heavy, heavy Those figure. deluxe Marvel Legends, yeah. Yeah. And, and same with the Venom, the giant size Venom there, um, 40, 40 bucks. And then you look at the um, the Doomsday figure. Sorry, he's not Doomsday, but he's. Yeah, the Devastator. The Devastator. This guy's yeah. chunky, huge. The detail is amazing. The articulation is amazing. Now, what is he, 25 bucks the most for this thing? Yeah, he's regular price twenty five bucks. But like when I bought them, I got all these figures like buy one get one fifty percent off. So yeah. they worked out to like twenty bucks and unbelievable. Figure, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, you and like can't even get a vintage collection figure for that. <laughs> <laughs> three three quarter inch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Devastator figure is bigger than my big Venom by like quite a bit. And Venom's big. He's hefty. Yeah, and it's a heavy figure. Like, I can't yeah. wait till you hold this thing in your hand. Like, oh, it, it feels like it's going to pop the box right off it. It's yeah. so, oh, so great. Shelves. That yeah. is highs and lows, plastic yeah. anxiety, yeah. sleepless yeah. nights. I know. Lunch it was is real. It was amazing. <laughs> and I got to give a final shout out to my boy, Craven the Hunter, there. Because he came <laughs> through after our last record. I was kind of bemoaning the fact that I couldn't find that retro-carded Spider-Man there. And shows up at my house i hear that bin a rattling outside and he's <laughs> dropping inside all sorts of treats so yeah he found me that and it's like a perfect john ramita senior spider-man so good and, which is my jam so yeah. man thank you so much for finding that and then no worries also a couple little justice league like mini statues like uh one tenth scale one Roman and superman and yeah yeah it, my wife was kind of a little down because um that was supposed to be the release day for One Woman 84 that you had stopped by. But, yeah, that figure totally brightened her day. And it's Worked a sweet-looking little figure. And then, Yeah, man. Yeah, my daughter yep. had that, that cavil right away. Upstairs. <laughs> sure. Good-looking soups, man. It's yeah, not man. bad. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. So thank you so That's much good. for that. That was No worries. It was an amazing week in Nerd. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. love stories like that, man. Yeah. And just you've been chronicling us and, and taking us along for the ride a bit too on the ups and downs. And I'm yeah. so happy that you had this high after so many, so many Yavin ceremony Lukes and <laughs> <laughs> as you're chasing the best guard, man. And we will get a hold of that for you though. I, oh, I, I promise that. Well, and it's funny too, because I've been like consciously trying to minimize my time on my phone and stuff like that after watching that Me social, social. <laughs> yeah. disorder or whatever that Netflix Dilemma. doc is. Yeah, but it's like my usage was up like 28%. I was like, what the hell? I've been like totally avoiding my phone. It was all just Toys R Us.ca, <laughs> man. Like that. <laughs> was... uh, we're, all, we're all guilty of that, man. I think Kijiji <laughs> probably takes the, the, yeah. the win on my phone, definitely, because yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just madly refreshing this lately, and it's it's been... For me, it's it's all about this like throwback toys and all that recently, as I've been saying for the last little bit. And so the hunt's been really focused there. I haven't done any new stuff recently. And I found myself this weekend, same as you, Carlos, like highest of highs and then lowest of lows because of Kijiji. And I I was going through Kijiji and I have been going through Kijiji like almost like at nauseum for weeks now. 
And then I decided for some reason, I'm gonna jump over to Facebook Marketplace. I've never been on it before, just to see if there's any real difference. I get over there and I see two grail items for me on there. And one being this Ghostbusters, 84 Ghostbusters, Ecto-1, all four action figures, the Slimer and a few other monsters, mint like i'm talking like a white car i sent this to the guys and the guys are like pull the trigger now pull the trigger now and so <laughs> i hop in i tell the dude i'll take it and he messaged me back he says oh that's great but it's already tentatively sold and i'm thinking like and like i'm up here at this point thinking i'm gonna get this thing because it had already been there for a week and i just it wasn't on kijiji i don't frequent marketplace and i'm thinking oh how did i just miss this and then these guys in the dm were like up bid, up bid. So I get back on into the the Kijiji DM and I'm like, dude, I'll I'll give you this much. It was three hundred bucks. I said I'll give you three hundred bucks for this whole set. I said I'll I'll buy it. I'll whatever you want me to go to, I'll go to to get this out of your hands. And he says, sorry man, the guy's already paid, but he hasn't picked it up. But I'll let you know. And so I'm thinking, oh man, like this the ad is still up. I check it like four times a day. Oh. The ad is still up teasing me thinking that I got to get my hands on this thing. Like it was just, it was such a, a grail piece that everything was there. I even messaged the guy said like, are these your re-releases? That's how good they looked in the photos. Yeah. The four yeah. original figures. Proton packs, the only thing was one of the Proton streams was broken, but that that's fixable. Uh, that's replaceable. You know, we go up to Snap and grab one of those. And so I was just so gutted that I, I wasn't able to acquire that Ghostbuster. But then, it, but then things did take a turn because as I'm filtering through Marketplace, all my normal searches, Pez, Marvel Legends, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, I type in uh, type in Marvel Legends just one more time and I'm scrolling through and boom, another grail piece shows up. Three of the six figures. So there's a set of figures. They're not really Marvel Legends. That's not the designation of them. They're actually Hasbro movie series Avengers figures. They were a 2011 Walmart exclusive, six inch scale MCU Avengers figures. And I've been looking for these for 10 years. 10 years I've been looking for these figures. And it pops up, I message the guy, I say, what do you want for these? Tells me, we go back and forth a little bit, end up saying, got them, I'm done. So I end up picking up the Thor, a Loki, and a Captain America. And I, I posted photos over on the, the Instagram, the Nerd Room Instagram, and I'm going to post maybe a couple more photos because they're gorgeous figures. They're, as I guess at the point in time, Marvel Legends was really on a downturn and they weren't producing them. This is, you know, coming off Toy Biz, Hasbro takes the license, they produce these for a while, but it really craters in around this time. And I remember in 2011 looking for these, hunting them, going to Walmarts in the same way that you're going after that best guard, in the same way, Troy, that you've been out there hunting Vader and that Spidey series and everything. Never found them. And then they pop up this weekend. And so I get going with the guy and I said, okay, whenever you want me to come get them, I'll come get them. And he says, actually, I'm having a toy sale on Sunday afternoon. So I'm like, cool, I'll come down and grab them. And they're actually send me a few pictures of what he's got and all that, all kinds of weird retro stuff. Get down there. It's it's the toy sale's great. I'm a bit uncomfortable because the amount of people that are there. But nonetheless, I go up to the counter, I say, dude, you got my movie series. He's like, Yeah. He's like, take a look around, whatever. So I get going through there and I spot kind of through one in a detolf, random detolf. And there I spot a 84 Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in per- pretty good shape. 
So I grab that. And the great thing about this Marshmallow Man is the goddamn Batman, not two days earlier, had a little package dropped off of my house. And that's that Walmart exclusive Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. So in the same weekend, I was able to get that carded figure that I wanted. Nice accent piece for the collection. And the original 84 issue of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. A little bit of soap and water, a little bit of magic eraser. This thing cleans up beautifully. It is now locked in the collection. So shout out to the goddamn Batman and, and the missus there for dropping that off. And now I get to pair the two, which is just great. I love it. And then the same toy show, I'm digging through a bin. And what do I come across? A few Ninja Turtles, Toka and Razor, 91, the three and three quarter inch versions. Toka is fully accessorized. Razor needs a bit of work. But I grabbed both those figs, walked away with just this incredibly diverse haul from this little toy sale, got a couple grail pieces locked in. Even though I started off the weekend with a, with a bit of a low with that Ghostbusters miss, you know, between Carl's dropping off, the Stay Puff, finding the original, these Avengers grail pieces, Token and Razor, to pair up with my NECA figures that are eventually coming here in November. Man. What a week, what a hunt. Just just beautiful stuff, guys. I, I I can't be more happy with the last couple of weeks of hunt. Like these Avengers figures are something else. Especially, you know, in a deficit of Marvel Legends right now, especially MCU accurate ones. That's pretty dope, man, to have those things. And it's the Avengers. Like that's where it starts. That's where it begins. So Exactly. Correct, man. It's that's crazy. Awesome. And one thing that I realized too with this Thor, and we're talking about this a bit offline, this is actually the first MCU Thor in this scale. But we don't actually get a single pack Thor until Ragnarok. There was the first Thor in that line was an Age of Ultron four pack Amazon exclusive. So I didn't, until I bought this figure, I didn't realize that that like only a few single pack Thors up until Infinity War and Ragnarok and all that, which is just a couple of years ago. And so they went that long. Like, and this Thor is a pretty decent Thor. Like, it's it's really cool. These, they're basically like scaled up cards from three, three quarter inch, which I have all those as well. Ah, it's, it's just so cool to land grail pieces. And you know what, guys? Speaking about grail pieces, grail items, we all have stuff that we've been hunting for. And we're always out on the hunt. We're always looking. We're always trying to find that deal. We've had some great success in 2020, even given the environment that we're all presently living in. And that's something we want to expand on and talk a little bit about. So... We said we're going to go back to Get Vocal, back to the live streams. We kind of formulated a plan on how we want to attack this. And we're going to make these almost like event style of, of live streams. And so Friday, October 23rd, that's in two and a half weeks, three or two weeks roughly from when this episode drops. We're going to be hitting back Get Vocal on that Friday slot, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to be talking about Holy Grail collectibles. We're going to have the crew at the table talking about the things that we're chasing and interacting with you guys about the things that you have been lusting after, whether it's 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, whatever, a couple months for that best Garmando. Maybe that's on Carlos's list here, but it, it's, <laughs> it's about <been> yeah, <laughs> it's about those items that, that you've been looking for. You've been in the trenches, grinding out here with Craven here. And just trying to find that stuff and just talking about those and having some fun talking about some toys again and also focusing right in on those grail collectibles. So guys, lots of fun there. Friday, October 23rd, get vocal. We're going to be back live streaming. We've had a ton of fun with this platform. We've been trying to formulate our plan. 
We've got one, and this is what we're progressing with there. So get vocal. October 23rd, one more time, guys. And one other piece of of nerd room news here that we got to talk about before we jump into the news proper is our retro film reviews are coming back. We like to do these about once a quarter. We nominated our films last week, and we're here to reveal those to you guys. They will go up in a poll for seven days for the answer to be revealed. Well, you'll see the Twitter poll, but on next week's podcast as to what our next retro film review has been. We've we've done Ghostbusters. We did Batman Returns. We've got a lot of fun penned up inside of these reviews. And the next four films that are be going up for vote are Super Mario, <laughs> Rocky, the Lost World Jurassic Park, and G.I. Joe Retaliation. So pretty diverse set of films there, guys. Can you guess who picked Super Mario? <laughs> yeah, it goes from Oscar winner to Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, those are going to be going up for films. Whatever film you guys choose out there, the listeners choose, we will sit down and review in the next few weeks. Once we get those results back, we'll have a watch through the film, and then we'll do that full deep dive that we do with all movies. One thing that we're really lacking this year, guys, is film reviews because nothing has come out other than Tenants and a few other films, and that's likely not going to change. So we're doing this retro film review next couple of weeks. Poll's going up, guys. But like I said, one of the reasons we have been doing these retro film reviews, and we discussed this in the past, is because we've seen a ton of delays in films so much so that even we're not even really going to get another superhero movie this year. Fingers crossed we had see Wonder Woman, but I'm not so confident in that in because of this past week. We've seen a No Time to Die, James Bond 24 move out to 21, Dune move out to way out in 21 off that December date. The Batman is now residing in a release date in October of 2022. We're going to get to you in a second, Carlos, because he just about fell off his chair on that one. We've got The Flash coming out November 22, Shazam 2, June of 23. Like we said last week, Black Widow's moved to May of 21. Literally an hour or two ago, they just announced that Jurassic World Dominion has moved out to June 2022. Another delay of a year on that. So everything is slowly but surely shifting out of even early part of 21 into the back half of 21 and into 22, guys. And I don't see this slowing down anytime soon. And this is really hurting the theaters. And we've chronicled this from the beginning. And we've had this ongoing metaphor about, or analogy, if you want to call it that, about you know the first nail in the coffin. It's lowering down. They're throwing dirt on it. Guys, we are we are now you know saying our last, basically, condolences to, to everyone here because it does appear that we're seeing the real effect of these delays in movie theater closures, temporary closures. But nonetheless, this isn't a, hey, we'll be back. This is a, hey, we're gone for the foreseeable future here. So this is Cineworld. They have theaters in the UK as well as the Regal Theaters in the US. And they announced that more than 7,000 movie screens will go into the dark in the US this week, as well as 100 or so movie theaters shutting down in the UK. So that is 536 locations in the US, more than 7,000 screens that will no longer be showing films indefinitely for the foreseeable future. And this is directly related to, yes, the COVID closures, 
But the fact that there's nothing to show, nothing substantial to drive a, a big audience to the theaters. Yes, they tried with Tenant, but we discussed this in the past too, that maybe Tenant isn't the right film. Like it's a Nolan film, yes, big draw, but it's not a Black Widow. It's not a Wonder Woman 84, right? It's not one of those films that drives a full breadth of viewership to the movie theaters. And it's it's crazy to see these closures and it's, it's a bit heartbreaking. Now, now, Carlos, like we've been talking about this a lot in the DM over the past week and, you know, we've brought Kyle into the conversation and all that. And we've chronicled this a lot in the past, but this is another seismic shift in this whole movie theater experience. Not only seeing a lot of these movies go out, but seeing these theaters to shut down. I'm, I'm worried about what is next in Canada, like what's going down because there's a few smaller chains here. Like, what does that mean? And what does this mean again, overall for the movie theaters? And then just throw in some of your opinions about some of these big delays we're seeing that are in some degree, almost completely to blame for this outside of course the pandemic, but <laughs> it's a, it's a crazy time we're living in. Yeah. And like, I just want to preface anything that I say respectfully to our neighbors to the South, just because um, our experience up here is going to be different to what mm-hmm. you guys are living with down there and, and even state to state, city to city. Uh, from what I understand, is a pretty different uh, experience with the pandemic. So uh, I can only speak to what I know and what our realities are here. But like, man, it's heartbreaking for me because I look at the theaters and the sheer amount of work that they put in into being viable and safe spots for people to come get entertained during this pandemic. And no, they did everything they could. They put those movies that would bring guys like us in with Empire Strikes Back and Batman mm-hmm. 89 and then knowing Tenant. And like, I say this fully honestly, like I feel safer going to the movie theater than I do going to buy my groceries every week kind of thing because it's like they put in the work. Like it is a insanely antiseptic environment. Like the only other place that I've gone uh, that had similar protocols and organization and direction and sterilization no exaggeration because i went to go to a clinic to get a blood test and that was the only other place wow that was as regimented and like i do kind of blame the theaters to some or not the theaters but the studios to some extent for not throwing them a bone with some of these movies that could draw bigger audiences over the four quadrants kind of thing um even something like Mulan, if you put that out and if you want to do the Disney Plus experiment, put it out in all the theaters that are capable of showing it and promote it so that, you know, maybe I decide to go to the theater, but you decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to do the Disney Plus thing and mm-hmm. we can both enjoy the film, right? Um, one Roman 84 is like another one. That thing could have pumped money into theaters for a long time. Um they chose to go with Tenant on the Warner Brothers side, Black Widow, for sure. Like, that would be a no-brainer to get people to oh, yeah. dip into theaters. And, like, a lot of these chains own drive-in, so if people aren't comfortable going to the theater theater, they'll get an injection through the drive-in avenues and whatnot, but they just needed the content, right? It's like having a comic book store that only has back issues. Like, you'll get people going for that product, but... Yeah, it's a great analogy. A of- great analogy. <laughs> there's a ton of people that are coming in to get that new issue type of thing. So yeah. And as far as the lays go, what are you guys doing? Like you're just stacking blockbuster upon blockbuster mm-hmm. and 
we've already proven in years gone by before the pandemic, before the proliferation of high-quality 4K streaming, before 4K TVs can be had for less than a thousand bucks, um, people aren't willing to go to the theater every week. We've seen mm-hmm. good movies fail simply because a big movie came out a couple weeks before that somebody went to and they're just like, oh, I'll wait for the next one on video. Like, this is the realization of what George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were saying about there being no room for mid-budget or adult-focused movies in the cinemas anymore. And even Ben Affleck kind of just last week was saying, like, the movies that he makes would never ever get shown. Like, you wouldn't see Argo, you wouldn't see the town um, in this new reality. And the fact of the matter is there's no weekends for those movies anymore. So, and it's also, like, sure, they'll show up on streaming, but it's like, well, I have HBO Max, but Sanjay doesn't, so we won't be able to watch the same movie. Or maybe you have HBO Max, but you don't find it because you weren't searching for it. It wasn't on your radar. So we kind of lose some of that yeah. conversation going forward. Like just not just our, our group, because obviously we'd inform each other, but just on the whole, right? There's mm-hmm. like a movie like Borat coming out of nowhere. People see it and end up loving it. And it becomes like this cultural phenomenon kind of thing. And I, I think we'll lose a bit of that going forward. Yeah, and, like, that urgency to see a film, right, isn't going to be there anymore. Like, there's that experience. There's that let's see it the first couple of weekends because everyone's going, the excitement, the build to it. And these are our, our Star Wars and, and Marvel and DC experiences. But even beyond that, right, you guys have been really, really staunch supporters of the theaters through all of this, going to see Batman A9, Empire, me less so because of my comfort level. And that's okay. I think everyone is, is yeah. you know, has has their comfort level and all that. But at the end of the day, you're right. It's that that experience and that discussion. And now there's going to be, ah, you know, there's films that are sitting on Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever, that I'm thinking, like, I should really watch those. But yeah. I'm going to rewatch an episode of The Office tonight because I'm a bit too tired to get into <laughs> something a bit dense and deeper. And so, so this stuff sits for, for months on end, right? And me not experiencing it. And I finally experience it. And it's like, whoa, I should have watched that like three months ago. Yeah. And, and so there's there's not that, like, like I said, the urgency where this is going to be pitched at a theaters and then you're not going to have an opportunity to watch this for six, eight months, right? And now those windows are a lot shorter and we've talked about the windowing strategies and all that in the past as well. But there, there, this is this is a major change and it's like this running analogy about the death of, of movie theaters that we, we've had here over the last four months or so. Like th- this is real now. Like this is beyond the speculation of, of what we think is going to happen. And this is being executed in front of us that these theaters are closing and it's a direct result of all of this. And it's a direct result, like you said, Carlos, and I agree about not having the content to get the draws. It's one thing to have a movie theater open. It's another thing to get people in there. And like, like Black Widow would get me in the theater likely. There's no, there's very few other films that will right now. And because, and like even you guys promoting the, like how sterile the environments is that that is comforting for me but at the same time i'm still not there like i like i wouldn't have gone and seen dune or anything like that and so i am part of the problem in all of this and it's not because i don't want the experience it's just because my comfort level isn't there now now troy man you you've crossed yeah, that barrier you're comfortable in the theaters but now mm-hmm. seeing this and seeing these delays yeah, man. It, it's tough to watch. Like it, it's like we're watching the evolution of this industry in front of our eyes. Like you remember, Blockbuster was there one week and it was gone the next. Mm. And I feel like we're well, seeing that with it. Yeah, th- yeah, that one. 
<laughs> but like, I feel like we're seeing that like, yeah. like right in front of our eyes. We're literally seeing the death of the, the theater industry, not the movie industry, the yeah. theater industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's a bummer, man. It's a shame. And you know what, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do this. I mean, um, like like Carlos said, like I can't really speak for the states, but here it's been it's been incredible. It's honestly been super safe. Like Carlos said, I feel probably safer there than anywhere else when I step out of my house. Um, the thing is, though, I believe is it. I think California, well, Los Angeles and New York were the were the ones yeah. for the longest times that didn't There's have any st- chains open. I still don't. I think no, a lot New of York so- especially. That was one of the gripes of the Cine World CEO or whatever is like the New York market is closed still. And that and that hurts the industry big time. You know, these movies, these studios, Disney, WB, um, all these guys, they they put huge amount of money in these properties, you know, up to 100 mil, 200 mil. So for them, I, I kind of get it because they're, you know, they have a major um, property that they got to protect and they want to get the biggest buck they can for their properties. So especially when you're Marvel, you're, you know, you, you've been making these billion dollar films. It's, it'd be hard to settle for 40 mil. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just not quite realistic. So I see how they're trying to protect that. And same with WB, something like Wonder Woman, that was a huge money maker for them. For them to now settle for something less, that's pretty tough. Um, and probably in their position, they're already used to holding back that film because it was meant to come out technically, I think, 2019. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So for them, they're probably like, ah, we can bite the bullet. I think the thing is, is with Tenet, I think a lot of properties, a lot of studios were looking at Tenet like that is the test mark for them. And after seeing how that performed, clearly that's not something they want to mess around with. So they're looking into the next year and the years after with something like that. So it's unfortunate for us that, you know, that we, we go out there, but I can't, I can't really blame anyone. I don't know if there's really a right or wrong way to handle this situation, but to necessarily draw back and just wait and see. It, it sucks. Um, but I mean, Tenet, I mean, when you look at Nolan, Nolan's he's, he's pretty well known. He, huge IP, that guy, what he produces. Um, obviously, if Black Widow or Wonder Woman came out first, then then who knows? Maybe it would have been great. Maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe it would have mm-hmm. been even worse. It's it's just super hard to to kind of gauge it on. Um, but I don't think I don't think Tenet is necessarily something bad to gauge it against. I mean, Nolan's films have, have brought in quite a bit of decent amount of money. Yeah, I guess it's so. more about the the spectrum of audience for a tenant film, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. Like you're not going to get families, you're not going to get younger kids. Yeah, you know, it's a real thinker. Like I think Sanjay's still thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's not here today. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, it, it's it's like you said, it, it is tough and it's difficult to watch. And like it's like we're sitting in unprecedented times in this, right? And the, yeah. the industry is reacting in that way. And my prediction right now is we're probably not going to see a film, my guess, until mid-summer of 21 would be my guess when we see our, like maybe Black Widow's the first one. I think even this this springtime stuff, I don't think it's going to last there. I don't think we're going to be out of the thick of, of this downturn until after, until maybe the summer of, of next year. And even at that, like who emerges out of all this, right? Does Cineworld emerges? Does Landmark? Does Cineplex? I'm not sure who owns Cineplex, but like, do these all basically fold and are gobbled up by your Amazons, Netflix, maybe, I don't know, to do some sort of broader amalgamation or even Disney, right? Because there's these laws that once they are rolled back, they now have the ability to buy movie theaters. And so we get into a real gray zone as to what the theaters are, what they look like when we actually get back to theater watching. I think it will be there. And I think we, we mentioned this here is that it's like going to be blockbuster films only that, that make it in. 
I don't think you'll see the spend though. I no. don't think unless it's something like an Avengers Endgame where it's like we know for sure that this is happening. Like Sony has said that they're not making anything over 150 million anymore. Mm-hmm. But but so, to be honest, I like that. I, I like that we're scaling down the budgets because these budgets were getting out of hand. Like it, it's it's been there for a while now. Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, was it Venom as well? Maybe not yep. Venom. What's Venom was one. Yeah, yeah, Venom. Right. These guys were putting out low budgets, 79, 59 million for these movies, and they were making great content for the money. Um, sure, and I feel like. Yeah, and I, and I feel like the industry needs to kind of reset on their budget. I think they've just kind of gotten a little out of hand. So hopefully it's a little bit of a learning lesson for them to scale back, still put out the same amount of quality, but maybe we can scale back on a couple of things. Because to me, when I'm looking at um, Deadpool, I don't see any holes in the no. CGI. Like, like Colossus is the best he's ever looked in that movie. Well, and this you know? the, to, to your point there too, it is an opportunity to go back and rethink about how films are produced, right? Because yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily a film with a $250 million budget looks any better than a film with a $100 million budget, right? Mm-hmm. It's just how they choose to use that and what they choose to do practical and what they choose to do these big CGI messes, right? Yeah. And so like, you're, you're not necessarily getting a better film. And also, bottom line, you have to have a, a good script, a good yeah. story to That's tell, right? Exactly yeah. what I was going to say because it yeah. forces them to concentrate what's the cheapest thing yeah a writer. writing story yeah. Yeah. character right so yeah. you focus your money there uh, like honestly i could care less if i don't see another actor or actress paid 20 million to be on the screen like mm-hmm. there's a there's hundreds of thousands of talented people out there maybe give somebody else a shot and you know you, you might not know who they are today but they do a good job tomorrow they're the new superstar kind of thing right yeah. like yeah. And and in these big temple films, I, to be honest with you, the franchise carries the audience. It's not because, you know, Robert Downey Jr., at least in my opinion, like he's a great addition. And he was at that point, like in Iron Man, the draw yeah. or Iron Man 2, maybe Avengers and that. But right now it's the title of Avengers that draws the people. Right. And that you're getting these certain characters in there. But if you you don't you don't call it like Robert Downey Jr.'s Avengers Endgame, right? It's it, yeah. like he's there because he's part of the narrative and part of the story. But I wouldn't say that people are going specifically to watch Robert Downey Jr. act in that movie. Exactly. Well, those days have That's yeah. the thing. We're, we're we're past the the Tom Cruise and the Will Smith yeah. selling the title of the movies. It's the content that you bring. It's the yeah. story. It's the script. Um, I mean, even if you look at Robert Downey Jr. in the first Iron Man, that's not what drew us to no. Iron Man, right? So no, I completely agree with that. Yeah, you're kind of locked in. But I think if the if the MCU started today, or not even the MCU, but like if they had never introduced Black Widow until today, if this upcoming movie was the first time we had seen her, it wouldn't yeah. be Scarlett Johansson with a twenty million dollar price tag no. on her, right? No. But they be... like, but even they started like Evans was paid like four hundred k for the for Avengers, right? Yeah. yeah. And and Downey was getting like ten mil, and I think Downey got like sixty million for Endgame. Like, yeah, like there's an insane... a reason he snapped himself away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's an interesting point that you guys bring up about these new and upcoming actors and actresses that are are making impact and in the direction maybe that we're seeing things shift here. Because one of the things that we've been we've been almost teasing for the last couple of weeks is this this idea and concept of casting the next generation of superheroes. And you're right, Carlos. It's it's not these big price tag actors and actresses that are moving into these roles and specifically in some of the bigger Disney plus roles that we're seeing cast here over the last couple of weeks. And then the first one we're going to talk about here is Miss Marvel. This is a huge property that I uh, fingers crossed 
rockets to the top of the priority list for Marvel Studios. This is a Disney Plus show, which Feige himself has said, we are going to move Miss Marvel from Disney Plus into the film aspect or to the big screen at some point so don't don't get upset that we're not going to see her or we're only going to see her in the disney plus she will likely at the end of the day become an avenger she was a focal point of this avengers game that you guys have been playing for the last couple of weeks she is a combo character that is is very much a favorite and only came out in 2014 i think falling on the on the heels of of the captain marvel being or Carol Danvers being promoted up to to Captain Marvel. We've got this new new Miss Marvel entering the fray here, and the the great thing about this character is it it shows that Marvel's committed to the diversification of of actress actresses and who is represented on film. Miss Marvel being in the current comic run and even in the video game there a Pakistani Muslim American, and she's getting kind of this this almost pedestal position in i think the mcu and of course the comic books in this video game and we got word of her casting now you have to forgive me if i do pronounce this wrong but we've got a newcomer a canadian at that in ima Villani. i do apologize for that i'm very very terrible at name pronunciations but uh she has been cast in the role she looks a bit younger but in the role of of miss marvel complete newcomer tapping on the shoulder of someone young to carry a a big franchise that has also been padded out with a very diverse set of creatives as well so they're they're really leaning into this idea of the the, the cultural background that's going to be expressed on film is going to be written directed and acted by people that live in that in the real world and so i think that's fantastic that we're seeing camilla khan you know being put to screen here by a, a a new actress coming into the fray here. Now, Carlos, this is something that you are massively supportive of on Twitter, and I think all of us here are. But but what are your thoughts about bringing a newcomer in here to portray the role of Miss Marvel? Someone that I know has found great fanfare within your even in your own home there. Yeah, no, Miss Marvel is the jam in our house. Like I love the books, and like honestly, I fell off the character when she kind of got onto that larger stage and was involved with the like proper in humans and mm-hmm. in the bigger stories like the charm of this character is the fact that they lean so heavily into her being a, in a devout muslim family and then having these superpowers bestowed upon her and she's this young high school girl trying to figure things out and it really harkens back to those peter parker spider-man comics that dick cohen stan lee did but in today's world with all the challenges that people have today and uh yeah like i just love the character and then um just on a whip my kid one day in the comic store she sees this square bound miss marvel um it's like a it's a graphic novel of the first 12 issues of the miss marvel series but kind of packaged for kids and to be appealing to them just the size of the book it's kind of like paperback book size so she buys this thing starts reading it and fell in love with Camilla Khan. Like next thing I know, it's like, yeah, I found my Halloween costume. And I'm like, okay, yeah, what do you and it's this Marvel Rising Camilla Khan costume. Ah. And like she's been rocking that and hunted down the Marvel Legends figure for her. And yeah, it's it's an awesome character. Like you said, um, it's a great way for Marvel to kind of start moving away from white guys named Chris. But it's <laughs> the it's the good way of doing it. You're not race bending a character. This nope. is a character that from her inception this is this is just who happened to be the infected by the terrigen mist and off we go kind of thing and 
yeah, I'm stoked for it. Stoked yeah. for it. I think it's a bold project for Marvel to do, but also a necessary one at this time. And I couldn't be more excited for this. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably top of my list. Like, yeah, there's stuff that I'm invested in, like Falcon and Winter Soldier that, yeah, of course, I want to see where these characters I love yeah. are going. But, like, as far as the new stuff goes, like, I'm more excited for this than the Eternals, probably even the Black Widow movie. Um because it's just it's cool it's different there's tons of directions they can take it and i think it'll take them out of their comfort zone and the creatives they have behind the camera writing it you hit the nail on the head get the people who have those life experiences to write those stories and yeah i think they'll have a winner here and yeah aman looks charming as the character and you know what she has good taste. She rated Captain Marvel two stars on Letterbox. So <laughs> I saw that has, on Twitter. <laughs> she she oh, has man. my endorsement. Oh man! Uh, you know what? I, you might see this before you see Black Widow. <laughs> to be honest oh, with you, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Now, Troy, man, you've been you've been yeah, playing Camilla Khan. You've been you know yeah. invested her in the in the video game and all that recently, and getting some experience there with her. Um, like as we see this Disney Plus expand diversify and the fact that the thing that i like about this being on disney plus first is like you said Carlos, we get to spend some time with camilla khan in this we get to spend some time with her family and her friends and what she's doing and the growth that we're going to see around this character it's not something that's jammed into two hours where you have to introduce a character a villain all this stuff like we get to spend between six and eight hours with this character and we get to touch on the nuances of of her life and who she is more so than we would in a two-hour film where they're trying to rocket you through an origin story and introduce kind of layers of complexity to the character while also tying into the mcu in some capacity you know i don't know if they're leaning into mutant or if they're going to go probably with some sort of inhuman or just someone with a, a subset of powers and so it's cool that we get to spend a lot of time with this character and then grow with her and develop with her over the course of a disney plus show before we see her show up on film now, like this, this whole thing is this. You know, we're going to talk about uh, She-Hulk here in a few minutes, which I know you're stoked about. But what's your level of excitement for Miss Marvel and now seeing you know tangible casting here? Oh, I'm super excited, man! I, I'm a huge yo. I go way back with Kamala. I remember yeah. when she first leaped into the pages of Dan Slott's Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, when she when she was in there. And I remember the whole pitch was like what Carlos mentioned is like we we have Miles Morales already, we have Amazing Spider-Man Peter Parker, we have Spider-Gwen, but we are going to give you a modern Spider-Man Peter Parker take basically with this character. Um and I thought that was so cool without it being Spider-Man. And and she's grown a lot. I uh you know, I read her whole run with um with uh, the Avengers, uh, mm-hmm. the all new, all different era, yeah. and I, I thought she was great. But really, I got to be honest, it was um, it was the Avengers game playing recently where I was really like got to know less of the Miss Marvel, but more of the Kamala Khan, and I was like, I fell in love with her and her father. That relationship to me it was like, it was cool to see that go on because it's kind of like the Uncle Ben and Peter relationship we never got to see blossom. And um, I'm super excited because I got to give props to Marvel, man. Like. We've gotten a Into the Spider-Verse movie focused on a recently new character, like 2012 Miles Morales. That's pretty new. Oscar-winning award film. We're getting a Kamala Khan uh, game, which is the Marvel Avengers already. And now we're getting this TV series, which is fantastic. And I like that Marvel is kind of leading these, hopefully, these new Avengers, young Avengers. Mm-hmm. So I'm super stoked to see where we go. And I think a TV series is, because it is a TV series. We get yeah. on Disney+, Plus, right? And I think it's it's really cool. And again, this is kind of something that we might get um, that we've never seen before with, again, like uh, 
a, a Spider-Man-esque kind of story where we get to see this coming of age. You know, I love yeah. that. You know, I love that coming <laughs> of age story of um, of Kamala Khan um, growing up and, and harnessing her powers. I don't know the take they're going to use with the mm-hmm. human ability or how they're going to, really, you know, dance around that because there was backlash at least with the ABC show yeah. of um, <laughs> the Inhumans. So that's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. But Man, I, I'm excited. I'm 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 all there, man. I, I'm still I'm still Black Widow all day. I got to see that movie. But um, for Disney Plus right now, I would say this is probably my most excited property. This, um, She Hulk and Blade are my most excited yeah. properties when it comes to actually. Sorry, Blade might be a movie, right? Blade's movie, yeah. But Blade's we have movie. no so, idea when it might be well, 2025. It's <laughs> so, so we have no idea. So this um, uh, uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier and and She Hulk. All day, those three right here. That's my jam, man. I need yeah. it. Well, yeah. and like the, the thing that's cool about this too is, like I was saying earlier, we, we might get this before we get some of these big temple films that we would have, have already watched, like Eternals and all that. You know, this is something that as long as they can keep the production safe, they've got a platform for this to go on that isn't dependent on anything other than the fact you have an internet connection. And yep. and so the likelihood of these, these properties getting a lot more focus is quite high and that might be why we're seeing some of these pushed into production a little bit earlier and some of these castings coming out because it is crucial for not only the disney plus platform to get more original content on it but also expanding the mcu like we're gonna be two years out from when we've seen the last mcu property i guess we're gonna get scarlet and the winner or sorry uh wandavision there but like an on-screen adaptation it's going to be two years before we see something again after the end of far from home there. And so Disney plus is where we're going to see a lot of the expansion of the MCU over the next couple of years. And it's exciting because it's where we're seeing the most diverse expansion and the new characters and, and, and like even more so on that She-Hulk is another big property that we know our dude Stu is, is pumped for and yeah. uh, a character that we've seen, you know, transform into Marvel Legends, but we've also got a, ca- a casting here and some and some writers and, and a director attached, showrunner attached to this. And so we've got Tatiana Maslany, and she is the choice. She's coming from, it was Orphan Black, uh, one of the stars there that has been cast into the role of, of She-Hulk. And this is the thing that excites me about this. I'm not super familiar with the actress, but I like that. I like that I'm not totally familiar with who this was. This wasn't a, an Emily Blunt casting or something like that, right? This is a, a, someone that's going to bring some new dynamics to the MCU and to this character. And she's not like your obvious choice, right? She's not like this massive bodybuilder. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they take the character of Jennifer Walters and transform her into She-Hulk. And they've kind of given a nod. And, and even Bruce Banner himself, Mark Ruffalo, said, you know, welcome to the MCU, cuz. And, and so it's exciting to see this property take shape and take form in in this Disney Plus arena. Troy, man, like you you and Stu go yeah. back and forth a lot about She-Hulk. Yeah. Big fan, yeah. sir. Big fan of this casting and big fan of seeing, you know, She-Hulk making that progression to potential startup production and, and seeing this thing uh, as a reality in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I think it's awesome, man. Yeah, no, no, me and Stu, man, that's, that's, that's his girl. And um, I've been rooting for that guy for a long time that – well, one, we get a Marvel legend and uh, two, <laughs> we get a movie or a TV series. And, and you know, what? We're, we're two for two, man. We're going all the way. And I'm excited. Like you mentioned, this wasn't my first choice and I'm not really familiar with Orphan Black, but I guess that star of the show, um, Tatiana, she's plays like a whole bunch of different diverse roles. And that's really cool when it comes to the character of She-Hulk to see her now um, play obviously Jennifer Walters and then transform into She-Hulk 
I know obviously She-Hulk is very similar to Jennifer Walters. It's not like the whole Bruce Banner Hulk alter ego because that's that's a little different. But it's going to be still pretty cool to see her uh, transform on screen. And I think she's uh, she's won quite a bit of Emmys, I, I believe. I believe she's a heavy hitter when it comes on the acting scene. So uh, I'm excited. But again, I don't know much about her. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that has me most interest is from, I think it was last year or the year before. Maybe it was last year's D23 when they had the title card of She-Hulk. Yeah. From there, they already had me. I was already on board. Like, boom, <laughs> we're getting this. Now they can please just slide in a backdoor Mac Murdoch law series between Matt and Jennifer in the courtroom. Come on. I'm all there. Man, Bye. they have to do that. Charlie oh. Cox walks in. Oh, oh. man. One, one representing Peter Parker from Far From Home. Ah, oh, let's go. Oh, let's amazing. go. It, but, it's, um, no, I'm excited, man. Yeah, and it's interesting you say about the diversity of her roles there because I was looking at pictures of her when it was first announced and like she just melted into the roles and yeah. I couldn't see the same person in this so that that excites me too that she's potentially one of these actresses and i'm not sure if you're familiar with her or not carlos that can just melt into roles and you don't see the actress you see the character um which is something that that you want out of an actress right yeah well yeah she's racked up the emmys for her performances on um orphan black and i haven't watched it myself but i know the second that this casting hit um my good buddy was also a huge fanboy he was stoked about it because he said she is incredible on Orphan Black. And I, I might be wrong, but I think she plays like either a character with six different personalities or six different oh, wow. characters within one clones, show. Right? So, is it clones, right? Is, is it clones? I think she's, there's a bunch of different clones, was it, of her? Maybe. Or, I've never yeah, seen yeah. it. I've, I've right. just heard that it's like her acting performance is a tour of force kind of thing. So stoked about that. Another good old Canadian gal in the MCU. So... We're uh, we're racking them up. Like we need to get rid of ScarJo, so then we can have exclusively all the ladies of the MCU be Canadian. We got Hope Next Maria Hill. Yeah, 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 and Maria Hill. So <laughs> gotta get rid of ScarJo. We gotta get rid of uh, Wanda. She's technically been some... departed already. So <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, get some some good old Canadian gals in there. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Like I. I really dug She-Hulk through the John Byrne era and then kind of fell off. And I wasn't really digging the Savage thing like they did now until uh, I just read last week the Immortal She-Hulk one shot. And yeah, like Jennifer's such a great character. Mm -hmm. So, and you bring up a good point. And even if it's not Charlie Cox, her show would be an amazing place to backdoor pilot Matt Murdock. 100%. Yeah, man. And just introduce your new one. And if, and he might be because that Charlie Cox version was pretty beloved. So yeah, maybe this is a place to kind of test out your new guy, give him that soft introduction. And yeah, yeah and you guys know me and my love of all things Daredevil. So well, I, I'm was, even more excited. Well, well was it was it uh, after? Oh, shoot. What was that event comic we had where the Avengers were reversed? Like like Tony became bad. Oh, that was. Um... What was that again? on my mind oh i can't remember off the top remember of that head. one yes but, i do but but after that event it was like three four years ago but after that event right we had superior iron yes Man, i read right? that yeah and i think tony was representing hulk wasn't tony representing or not sorry not tony um matt murdoch was representing hulk i think yeah. matt murdoch was his lawyer so it'd be kind of cool if they could pull some of those strings and you know we have i guess obviously jennifer doesn't need um that murdoch representing her but it'd just be kind of cool to get those 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 tissues you know yeah those nods and i you know i'm sure we'll see mark ruffalo in some capacity in this 
whether it's a de-aged Mark Ruffalo or present day and don't know where this is taking place in the MCU either. If they're, if they're backing this in and we're going to see She-Hulk emerge post end game, who knows what they're going to do with this series. Uh, but they've got a Rick and Morty writer, Jessica Gao, who's kind of tapped to, to lead the writing room here. And so there's, you know, some great experience in writing there. If you've ever seen Rick and Morty, I know Sanjay would be stoked about that, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's really great to see both of these characters getting the castings. And this tells me that production is, is, everything's moving in the right direction, right? Um, you've got your characters, you've got the face of the franchise now established. Now let's move on, create a good story and get these things into production and on to Disney plus. Yes. We can consume this guys really looking forward to this. And the last casting that we're going to touch on here, we're going to shift over briefly to the DC universe here. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, delays and moves of DC films and they've seen a lot of their slate move out. And unfortunately the black Adam film, Dwayne Johnson's The Black Adam film, maybe I'll call it, has been moved to an uh, unspecified date. And so it does not currently have a release date. But knowing The Rock, this is something that is going to happen. And he'll film it. He'll grind it out. And he'll do what he's got to do to put this character to screen. Not only has he shown the passion to do this, the guy's a workhorse. And this thing, if any movie is going to come out in the DC universe that isn't filmed yet, it is this one because The Rock will make it happen. And he himself has a personal stake in this. I believe he is likely on some sort of producer credit in this, but he's had a, a hand, it seems, in some of the castings here. And one of the rumored castings for, for Hawkman earlier on was Ryan Reynolds. There's that really nice exchange between Ryan Reynolds and, and Dwayne Johnson, um, a, a lighthearted exchange and all that because Reynolds was rumored for this role. Um, but it turns out, and I think for the better, we, we've got a casting news for this, you know, coming directly from the actor as well as Dwayne Johnson too. And all this Hodge uh, cast as a black man. I think he was in The Invisible Man recently. Yeah, yeah uh, so I'm not familiar with him too, too much here. Uh, but this kind of starts to line up this Black Adam movie, not only with uh, a great cast of, of characters in Hawkman, Adam Smasher, uh, Dr. Fate's going to be in there, but we've got Hawkman. But it also starting to line up some really, really great acting talents from, from what I can tell from his credentials and the support that I saw online here. Now, Carlos, I know you're, you're a bit more familiar with all this here. And, and what are your thoughts on his casting in the role of Hawkman and, and his addition to this Black Adam film? Oh, man. I, no exaggeration. At one point in time, while we were watching The Invisible Man, I paused it and I turned to my daughter and I'm like, this guy would be an awesome Jon Stewart. So... While I didn't get him as Jon Stewart, I am stoked that we get him in the DC universe as Hawkman. Um, yeah, I've lost a few Twitter followers about it, but I was banging that <laughs> drum that I needed Hawkman to be representative of somebody from Egypt. So 100%. that's my favorite version of Hawkman is the one with the Egyptian roots. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted either a, a black man or an Arabic man. So either Troy or myself. Or like Sanjay, if he did push-ups, kind of thing, maybe. <laughs> but somebody that like represented us, and uh, yeah, I am stoked for Aldis to have the role. I get all he the has... Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, he's, you know, he's got some great credits. He's been around forever. He's got the physique for it. Like yeah, yeah, he's got a cool presence to him, and I think they could do some neat stuff with him going forward. And Hawkman's. Hawkman, like, part of his charm and the stuff that will drive you bananas is that he has, like, 75 origins, and he's <laughs> everything from an Egyptian god to an alien from Thanagar, but, 
yeah, hopefully they play around with that. And I think they could do some cool stuff with that character going forward. And he's the type of character that you could transition into an HBO Max show and bring Shaira into it. And mm-hmm. Hawk Girl is a super popular character as well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's uh, out of the box casting and I'm here for it, man. Like, and dude's a good actor. Yeah. That, that's what we want these character actors, right? And it doesn't need to be a name draw, like we were saying before. Like, all these people that we're seeing here cast into these roles, and some of these substantial roles are, are character actors or good actors, right? New faces, fresh faces to this. I, and I don't know really anything about Hawkman, but for some reason, that Egyptian origin is the only thing I've ever read of this character. So that's yeah. how I in, inherently tie this character to that origin. I didn't really realize there's all kinds of stuff and i don't need to be honest with you, i'd have no idea what i even read that he was in um, yeah there's like a version that's kind of like the donald blake thor version of him where he's like an archaeologist <laughs> guy and then there's like one where he's like proper egyptian yeah god and yeah so there's a lot of different aspects you could take with it that's one of the things i'm the most curious about with the black adam movie is what time period they go with certainly I'd kind of assumed it was going to be a period piece set in and around ancient Egypt, and it'll mm-hmm. certainly start there. But then they had that concept art, art of him fighting the Justice Society, and the soldiers that were being thrown about had modern weapons. So, yeah, yeah, who knows if that means anything or not? Yeah, interesting, interesting. Troy, what's your take on Hawkman? Do you have much experience with the character, and you know him filling out the ranks of the Justice Society of America here? That's going to be in this Black Adam film. Um, I, I love what I'm seeing here. Are you, are you as well? Oh, yeah. I'm totally on board with the casting. I'm, I'm not familiar with much of his films except for um, Straight of Compton. He's in Straight of oh, Compton. Yeah. And, um, and, he, and he's cool in that. So, actually, there's a lot of breakouts in Straight of Compton. But, um, no, he's solid, man. And you guys mentioned already his physique. Pff, yeah, he could hold it down for sure for Hawkman. Um, I would like to see, because we've already seen him in the Arrowverse, I believe. And we have seen him in Smallville. I would like to see, and I might be, you know, destroyed online for this, but I'd like to see a change in the costume, at least in the helmet. Um, I'd like to see how that's going to translate on the big screen. TV's one thing. I would like to see how they're going to translate on the big screen because I've always thought Hawkeye or, yeah, Hawkman, <laughs> sorry. Hawk is, is going to come up sooner or later. Hawkman and Hawker, I've always thought that um, the um, – their, 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 their helmets, their masks have always kind of looked a little goofy. But um, apart from that, no, I think this is cool. This is great that we're going to get him. This guy looks like somebody that would um, not necessarily go toe-to-toe with Black Adams, at least The Rock's physique, but someone that could kind of get in the way. And uh, I'm, I'm totally on board for it, man. i just like to see how they're going to pull this off. Um, I'm in it. I, I honestly, though, would like to see Hawkgirl. Hopefully we get Hawkgirl in this because I know, I think I believe the origins, they're always tied together. They they die and they, they're born again yes. and they always find each other and, you know, eventually in their life cycle. So I think, and I think that's a really cool mythology with with those two characters. So I would love to see her at least be mentioned or, no, I'd like more than to mention. I'd like to see her cast, honestly, in this. I see some kind of flashback sequence between the two of them because Hawkeye or Hawkman, oh man, here we go. Now you got me thinking, did I say Hawkeye or did I say Hawkman? <laughs> but his origin is obviously not very clear, not very known to the to the general public. So I think it would be kind of cool if they could establish a little bit of that in uh, in this Black Adam film. Mm-hmm. So, But it, I like it, man. Great casting news. Yeah, sure. it, it is great. And I have to say, I've always been intrigued by the concept of Black Adam here. Again, not super familiar with the character. 
because Dwayne Johnson's in this role. But as they fill up this cast, and when they started talking about the inclusion of the Justice Society of America and how that's all going to weave into the, the wider narrative of the character and then how that extends even beyond into some inclusion of Superman, it, it's I'm intrigued. I, it's, and I'm upset that we don't have a, an end date or a release date for this one. But nonetheless, they're going to progress. And like I said, if anyone can make it happen during this time, it's The Rock. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, guys, we're moving on to our, our last item for this week, last news item here. And we're talking a bit about the MCU multiverse, or maybe, maybe I'm miscalling that. Maybe it should be just called the Spider-Verse. So we got some <laughs> really interesting and out of left field news. And I thought this was for sure fake when it was first released. And that was the, the initial rumor that Jamie Foxx, who played Electro in Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man 2, I should say, the final Spider-Man film before the IP was then shared with Marvel Studios and we saw this revamping with Holland and the character finding his way into the MCU. Now, he was in talks and apparently has, well, he did confirm it online and then subsequently removed that, that he will be reprising the role of Electro in Spider-Man 3, which is due out December 17th, 2021. John Watts is returning. He directed Homecoming and Far From Home. This is Troy's wheelhouse, mm. pulling from the Amazing Spider-Man universe. We had previously talked when we saw that Venom trailer. We saw some hints at the Raimi universe in there. And so there's something going on here, guys. When I, when I, like I said, when I first saw this, I thought, no, this is a complete like lie. This is just you know tales being spun because there's no news for everyone to, to report on. But then after these rumors came out, Fox came out on Twitter or Instagram and said, super excited to be part of the new Marvel Spider-Man new, insta- new installment. And I, he said, I won't be blue in this one, but a thousand percent badass. And then he, when he released that, there's a picture of what appears to be the three Spider-Verse Spider-Man looking up at a sinister looking electro kind of embedded in the clouds. That post was taken down after, but this really leads to this wide speculation that there's a really great chance that we're moving towards an, a live action spider verse. And what also could be a further developing MCU multiverse. Now, if we go back a year to whatever it was, we speculated here in the nerd room that, and I've been a very staunch supporter of this, a great way to pull Holland out and put him back into a Sony universe is to do something like the Spider-Verse, where effectively you pull Spider-Man out of the MCU and you leave him to return at a time when he can, and then you create a Spider-Verse. But I never thought, because I, I thought they'd do that and maybe pull in Miles and you'd have something there. I never thought we'd be revisiting villains the amazing Spider-Man universe, potentially the Raimi universe, and expanding into something bigger and broader. DC has been leading the way in this with their bringing back Keaton and Affleck into The Flash. They've really hammered home this idea that everything that has ever been done matters and is just a different form of the multiverse. This here is is very exciting. And Troy, I got to go to you here first. Yeah, man. man. We've got Jamie Foxx reprising the role of Electro, some evolution of that, a live-action Spider-Verse, which could include Maguire, Holland, and Garfield at some point. Like It's not unreasonable now, hearing this, that that could be a reality. Yeah. 
what are your what are your thoughts on this man what was your your raw reaction to this um my reaction you know it, it goes back to uh to amazing spider-man 2 when they when they announced that jamie fox would be electro um and i was excited i was excited at the time it was more of a take of the ultimate universe electro with the blue and you know obviously jamie fox you know academy award winner for ray and what have you and he, he's fantastic um now you know fast forward to 2020 they announced that he's coming to join the mcu spider-man spider-man 3 and i and i love it i love the news i don't think it's quite yet a spider-verse thing i no. think they're they're kind of teasing it i think this hype is exactly what the mcu sony wanted i i think they they're they're kind of looking at dc fandom and they're looking at the keaton reveal and the affleck reveal and there's huge hype behind that so when you can drop a little thing like hey, we're getting Jamie Foxx back as Electro, and we're all doing what, you know, they want. We're speculating the Spider-Verse and this and that. It's, it's great feedback for them. But I think Spider-Man right now in his career, he's um, it's a little too early to do Spider-Verse. It's very easy to do Spider-Verse, and I think mm -hmm. it's something that you, you hold on to because the money's been great with Spider-Man, and it's not... It's more of a, I don't want to say desperate act. It's more of a, or, or even a last resort. It's something that you can just do down the line when you want to crank it up some. After like an event. Do, like you, the, their version thing. of the Avengers, right? Basically. Basically. Because with Spider-Man, he's still a young kid. He's not even 18. You still have the black suit you can go through. You still have the college years you can go through. You still have the death of Gwen Stacy. If they go there, you have all these big things. And I feel like the Spider-Verse, which is something very new in comics and in, you know, animated film it's something you can kind of hold on to and dangle, but I think this is smart what they're doing. I think bringing Jamie Foxx on board is awesome. And it's much like JK Simmons. I mean, the yeah. JK Simmons that they have in this universe, isn't JK Simmons from Sam Raimi's universe. It's just happens to be the same actor playing the same role. So I don't think it's quite yet Spider-Verse. If it is, you know, I'm hundred percent on board because I've been screaming for Andrew Garfield to somehow pop into this universe. So if that's the case, I will so happily be wrong. And I would love it if that's the case. But I just don't think we're quite there yet. And um, I think they're just gauging the audience, man. It's the cool thing right now to have these multiverse, you know, spinning from the CW, obviously, to Into the Spider-Verse. And now with what's going on with this whole Flashpoint, um, Ben Affleck and Keaton's bats. But I don't think we're quite there. And, uh, and you know what? It'd be really weird if you think about like Spider-Man 3, it would be hard to throw in the spider-verse mm -hmm. after what's going on with far from home it'd be a yeah. lot to take in we got a lot of multiverse movies coming up already well we got the wandavision and then we got the the multi multi was it the multiverse of madness yeah with um doctor strange so it'd be a lot to do like three big properties all focusing around um the multiverse and uh and i think jamie fox saying you know i'm coming back different and badass i think that's kind of a little bit of a him throwing a stamp on like hey like i'm i'm not the same but at the same time, like you mentioned, he threw that little picture of the mm -hmm. three Spider-Men. So I don't know if that's maybe just a nod of him being like, look, I was in one universe. Like, I played in one universe, and now I'm playing in the second yeah. universe. So we'll see. Yeah. Either way, man, I'm excited, though. I like this. I, I think I think Electro is somebody, too, also, that he's not, he's not like your Mysterio or um, your Merlon, who's going to be jumping through universes. Electro is... He's he's a more upscale version of Shocker. He's not like the big big bad, but he can do some damage. But he's definitely not someone that's like a a multiverse threat. Yeah, you know? and it's it, much to your to your idea there. I fully agree that I don't think Spider Man Three is going to be the Spider Verse. Mm -hmm. I think they're gonna they hint at it, and I think it's a way to pluck Holland out. I guess he's signed on for maybe a couple more films, but maybe yeah. this is a way 
and I think a really great way that Feige and, and Amy Pascal can come to some sort of agreement about how we can share these universes, but not trounce all over the work they did in the MCU, trying to include some of the stuff from Spider-Man. And it gives them a universe to spin out to and play in, right? That, the you know, Sony can take Spider-Man and, and progress that Miles Morales. It can progress a, a Maguire or a Garfield again, and then bring Tom Holland into that for your event style of Spider-Verse where they're maybe it's the Sinister Six that's plucked from different universes that they're fighting or something. Who knows? Yeah. But I agree with you. It's I don't think it's Spider-Man 3 here that we're going to yeah. see in 21 potentially. But down the line, this yeah. is this is Sony's Avengers. This is their crossover, I think, down the road where they can establish this stuff through Morbius and Venom and whatever else is next in that spider man universe to eventually come to some sort of crescendo or, or or big epic sort of event style film in the spider-verse i think it's going to happen but this is maybe the kickoff to it carlos man what's what's your take on this the ever expanding concept of the multiverse in the mcu and how that will bleed likely into the sony spider-verse of some form down the line i'm not entirely convinced that this no? is related to the mcu because do we know that he's not talking about being the big bad for Spider-Verse 2, the animated film? He's, it's a good point, but he does. Cause yeah, I'm I guess, kind of... yeah, you're reading through. Maybe it's not being super specific about uh, excited to be part of the new Marvel Spider-Man new installment is was the quote, I think, mm. which doesn't make sense grammatically. but And then, yeah, I'm looking at the picture. and it's Interesting. Like... The one in the okay. middle is definitely like an Andrew Garfield-esque mm-hmm. Spider-Man. The one on the left could be anything. And yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be heartbroken if Tobey Maguire just whatever. Go play Thank you. I don't, Thank I don't you. know that we need you. <laughs> and then the one on the right, like he's got Peter's colors, but he's kind of got that Miles vibe to me. And he definitely 100%. has the animation is the spider sense from Into the Spider-Verse. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, it's I guess really where I took that from was the Hollywood Reporter says is in final talks reprisal role for the latest Spider-Man installment starring Tom Holland being made by Marvel Studios and Sony. But much to your point, interesting. I that never even crossed my radar that it could just be purely. So nobody's yeah kind of. I like that more. And then like, what do we know about the next Spider-Man or the future of Tom Holland as Spider-Man? We know the deal is for one more Spider-Man movie financed by both companies and one and crossover the, and the, and a crossover of an MCU character, right? Into something Sony, I think is what it is. I, yeah, think, so I think they like one Avenger film. And yeah. Two, so we got this third one and I think we got one more like fourth one. Yeah. They like, re-signed uh, him to go. There was some, yeah, debate back and forth. Remember when he was plucked out? No, no, no more Spider-Man after far from yeah. home. And yeah. then you got two more films in the MCU proper which will, like I've always interpreted as they will segue him out of the MCU in some capacity into a, a Sony-verse of sorts. Well, but I think I, they resign him. I think they resign him, man. Not to go off track here, but I just think, we, you know, the MCU, you got to kind of gauge it, right? We don't have Iron Man. We don't have Cap. Spider-Man's the big three. Um, he's bigger than Thor. Like, Thor's yeah. big, but he's bigger than Thor. So they got to wait and see. And if things aren't going like they plan, you got to resign that guy back to get a couple, you know, four or five, six out of him. But they got X-Men, right? Like, I'm looking at from the other side of yeah. the house. I'm looking at it from yeah. Sony's perspective. Why would you share? Like, you've mm-hmm. had... Oh, they're, they're doing great, though. You've had Disney do all the heavy lifting for you. So if you yeah. can bring it back and keep all the money, and it's... Well, I, you I, use, 
that's yeah, gotta but- be their plan is to to pull holland out and that concept and dump it into a spider like look like, like if they don't do spider live action spider-verse like they're like yeah. for lack of a better word stupid <laughs> well, I, I gave you i gave you the idea for that crossover film it's tom holland spider-man sacrifices himself to save the fantastic four from the negative zone yeah you did dumping him i even got the ff shirt on tonight yeah i like that <laughs> shirt man i like that shirt but i don't like my boy going out like that but i like that <laughs> <laughs> well expand on this a little bit this this idea of yours Let's about this, this yeah. being potentially maybe because i agree with you this i i took this as cartoon or as the CG animation, and I agree that it's got that Miles Morales on the right. It almost looks like the older Peter B. Parker in the middle, and on the left, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's got the Andrew Garfield spider on the back, though. Huh, interesting. I never, I definitely agree it looks more cartoony, but I never even, never even crossed my mind that it could just be into the Spider-Verse 2. Yeah, no, my my crossover idea was that the way that they segue Spider-Man out was by Peter sacrificing himself to pull the Fantastic Four out of the negative zone, but in doing so, gets dumped into the Sony-verse mm. of movies and inhabits the same New York that Mobius is in and everything else. And we've already had the tease of Adrian Toomes. Yep. that Because that was another movies. weird one, right? That it's like crossing over the other way. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's Sony's character. Yes, in a yeah. different universe, maybe. Yeah, so that's in what, a different universe, but that's so, what, like it's a Spider-Man character, so yeah. it belongs on the side of the house. So I'm curious how you do this because, like, I, I I'm down with it. Um, <laughs> right now in the Marvel in the Marvel comics, right? I've been having this weird issues with Miles Morales. He was from the Ultimate Universe. He got brought into mm-hmm. the Six One Six, and his yeah. origin has been completely out of whack. And you're wondering like how his parents are in that universe, how his core friends are in this universe. How would you, if you were to do this whole thing, would you bring Peter and his whole family in and they all are aware that they came from another universe or would they all just be like somehow just have memories of being in this new present universe? Do you know what I mean? Oh, kind of like they did with Miles with the weird <laughs> like dreams and stuff. And, yeah, after the 2015 Secret Wars, yeah. Because yeah, you, you're worried, Troy, about, about them plucking holland out and leaving his yeah. entire supporting cast behind right at may and Ned yeah and even if they do bring him back do they just have this kind of weird like oh like we've always been in this world you know like because that's what they're that's what's the weird thing right now with the miles comic it's like miles kind of remembers but he kind of doesn't peter kind of remembers that miles is from another universe but doesn't it's it's weird and i guess you could just kind of clean it up i mean it you can i guess you could do anything i'm just i'm just being a fan boy like spider-verse right like yeah because one of the coolest moments in into the spider-verse was when peter b parker meets the aunt may right miles morales's world right so if you do something like that or maybe the maybe you do something like flashpoint batman yeah where peter parker is who's killed by the robber that kills uncle ben right so right uncle ben survives but peter dies Shoot. Tom Holland, spider-man has uncle ben and Aunt may in his life wow that bit, that's different and then right. he's drawn to gwen stacy because he no longer has mj is mj yeah yeah in his life well that's a good good way to bring in gwen stacy into this yeah yeah Without sacrificing too much, the MJ arc. Interesting. Well, wow. Like I know I've been giving stuff to Kevin, and I've been giving stuff to Walter. <laughs> but you know, Amy, if you want to hit me up, yeah, there it is, is, man. Have you been hitting up Avi a ride too? Yeah. 
Yeah, big dog over there. <laughs> Man. If there's anybody that I, I might have an in with, it'd probably be him, to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, uncle. <laughs> it's, uh, well, that, that's that's kind of a cool concept because I, I really think that some version of that what we're talking about here is what will come to fruition. I think it's inevitability that, that Sony will yank back Spider-Man and in some capacity, like he'll cease to exist in the MCU, at least for the time being. And the multiverse to me is the cleanest way to do that. Or some sort of, like you said, dimensional sacrifice where he gets pulled out of one thought to be dead is spit into another universe. It's the cleanest way to not make it at least this like pseudo side MCU universe where it's like, remember how the TV shows were, where, you know, the TV shows think they're part of it, but the movies don't. Yeah. <laughs> and so you don't oh, want yeah, like yeah. Sony Sony thinking they're part of the MCU, but the MCU never acknowledging it ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it would just be really weird for them to never acknowledge Spider-Man again. Yeah, because and- we do know, like looking at the trailers, right? Like looking at Morbius's trailer, we do know there's a Spider-Man that exists or at least existed. Yeah, right? and he looks like the Raimi Spider-Man. He looks like the Raimi. And we do know, you know, when you watch um, Tom Hardy's Venom, we do know there's a Daily Bugle. We mm-hmm. do know that there's a J. Jonah Jameson, obviously, because his son's mentioned, um, right? So we Isn't do that know where, there are. What's his name? Vulture was too. Didn't was that in Venom? He showed up. Where did he show up? Uh, Morbius, Morbius trailer. Morbius trailer. Venom okay, Morbius yeah. Trailer, yeah. So we do know there's the there's there's that there's already kind of the supporting cast of Peter mm-hmm. in there. It wouldn't be a stretch, obviously, with Jameson mentioned the Bugle mentioned. You would just have J.K. Simmons, obviously, for the third time, be <laughs> in another universe as well. I mean, why not at this point? So. Yeah, no, I, I I could probably get behind it. I could probably get behind it. I, I I guess I'm just always attached to the idea of like Peter being in the world of the six one six, the big Marvel picture, not always playing with the Avengers, but just mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. I guess that's just something I'm always because yeah. that's that's what it is, right? That's the comics. That's just yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. Well, and they, they have to work in Miles Morales live action here at some point too, right? To me, that like why Sony isn't running with that concept first too, establishing Miles in a universe. Like I thought live action. Live action, yeah. Yeah, I think there must be some kind of deal. There must be some kind of like only one live action Spider-Man between. You the think th- so? Like a, oh, yeah. Because if that's the case, then they would just be. We probably would have had a Miles already. We probably would have never even had the animated into the Spider-Man. No. We probably would have already had a live action Miles. It, if that's it, just the case. seems like such an obvious character. You're you're right. There might be something there. It seems like an obvious character to For put sure. to live action. It's Spider-Man. It's a, it's a different take on Spider-Man, a very popular yeah. take on Spider-Man. Yeah. And like we saw the success of it in Spider-Verse, like Yeah. I thought for sure. So it's interesting you say that cuz I've never really thought about that either that is there only one live action <laughs> Spider-Man allowed? Yeah, because well, they obviously made the hints too with Aaron Davis, right? Like the uncle. Yeah. So for obviously sure. the very like probably Miles already does exist in the MCU, and I'm sure they'll probably pluck him. I mean the MCU has to be looking bottom line at the into the spider-verse and looking like one the spider-verse works and mm-hmm. two miles morales is huge because sony's given him huge. one a video game so i'm sure mcu sony is like we need to make miles happen live action sooner or later well, 100%. It, the craziest thing was i was in eb the other day and like people came in shopping for <laughs> spider-man stuff and this little white kid was disappointed because he wanted Spider-Man stuff, but he wanted Miles Morales mm-hmm. Spider-Man Crazy. stuff. And they only had Peter Parker Spider-Man stuff. I was like, Crazy. they did it. That was the yeah. thing. That reminded yeah. me of like this interview with Dwayne McDuffie when they're asking about Static. And they're like, do you think you've arrived all these people cosplaying Spider-Man or cosplaying Static? Sorry. And he's like, Crazy. It'll be when I see a white kid dressed up as Static. 
that I know of arrived. Wow. That's totally what that reminded me of. Yeah. So Miles has arrived in my mind. He's huge, man. Massive. He's huge. He's big. He's big. So uh, the, both those studios must be looking, you know, we got to get Miles out here sooner or later. Whether they do go the ultimate route and kill off Tom Holland eventually and just pluck in or just grow up that Miles Morales character, which, I, uh, which I'd be down with, too. I mean, if we got two more out of Tom Holland, I'd totally be up for a new... Uh, for a new uh, Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man. Well, when you look at even the diversification that we talked about earlier with us getting this Marvel and She-Hulk and all this stuff, I, I, I'm blown away. Like, this is the most obvious character to take to big screen. Yeah. yeah. In some capacity. And the fact that there's not even, like, a rumor out there that, I can, that I've seen, at least, that nope. this character is coming to screen in the next five years. Yeah. Well, which I is crazy. Like, I don't love when Peter and Miles are in the same place at the same time. I like when they do, like, the the purposeful mentor-mentee mm-hmm. pieces. But I hate when they just kind of cross over and they're both kind of there. Like, absolute carnage or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, one or the other. Like, I was really digging Miles by himself. And it's like, oh, Peter, what? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. You know, for Spider-Men... One, the comic series, it was great when you had Spider-Man kind of give his web shooters to Miles Morales, and that was a cool thing. Spider-Man 2, the follow-up, not so great. But um, Miles works for me, too, because much like Kamala, he is that modern-day Steve Dicko stan, uh, yeah. you know, again, telling, right, where he's going through college. He, or not college, sorry, through high school. He now has a you know a baby sister to look after, too. Um, so when you have him and Peter together... In my eyes, it almost looks too easy. It's like these guys should never lose. If these guys are together on a mission, they should never lose because you have all the experience that Peter's gone through. Peter's done all these things. And you have Miles, who's super OP with his Venom Blast. When I see those guys teamed up, I'm like, you should never lose. So it's just not interesting <laughs> because they're just, <laughs> they're just, they're too powerful together with the wisdom and the power. So um, I hear you on that. That's why I feel like you would have to kind of kill one off. Well, you'd have yeah. to kill. No, I, and it's one of those, like, you wouldn't think yeah. that'd be the case, but I just kind of found that because, like, I read Spider Man recently and I liked it because it was like, Miles is already around doing his thing, right? And then yeah. Peter kind of comes in and that's the Peter that you know yes. as the reader. And so it was cool for just this kind of temporary thing. And it was temporary, right? Because Peter didn't belong in that universe. Yes. But then like reading like the Venom books had them together at the same time while I was reading that. And it was just like, ah, like. Well, they, they tried I, when they collapsed the Ultimate Universe and mm-hmm. they did it twice, right? Because yeah. you remember Hunger with Galactus like crossing over and then then they kind of like. Catalyst went... or whatever. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Catalyst because the yep. Hunger. What yep. was Hunger? Hunger was before or after. I can't remember. But there's all this stuff where, like, they kind of tried it, but then they backed away from it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they re-collapsed it, it in Secret Empire. Was it not Secret Empire? What was it? Uh, Civil War Two. Civil no, War II or Secret Wars? Secret Wars. They Secret Wars. Sorry, yeah. Secret Wars. Sorry, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Where they finally then collapsed it all together. <laughs> yeah. Because it seemed like that whole Cataclysm event or whatever it was was meant to bring basically Miles over. Like that yeah. was what they're trying to do. Yeah. The whole point of that whole event was Bendis, because that was a Bendis event, bringing his yes. creation like over, right? <laughs> to the yeah. 66 proper. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to go write Superman. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> well, this was you... like 2013, oh, maybe. Yeah. It was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. But it, it's 14? weird because de- depending who's writing it, if it's a, if it's an amazing book, like amazing Spider-Man book, then you kind of fall into like Spider-Man now becomes like the Batman and Miles just, Miles kind of forgets everything and becomes like the Robin. Yeah. Which is weird because then when you go back to like Miles' book, Miles is like handling everything on his own, and he's mm-hmm. he's more than just like the Robin. So it's 
Yeah, it's it's really hard to kind of write around. It would be cool to see them together, but you you just really have to write the two um kind of one strong, kind of one weak. It's 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 hard. It'd be yeah. hard to kind of together. Yeah. Oh man, we're we're heading for for very interesting times in the Spider Man film universe, that's for sure. And what do you guys think? Is this a electro Garfield type of hint that we're getting a, a an expansive Spider Verse, or is this going to into the Spider Verse too? Like who knows? Even that, and I won't be blue in this one, tells me something different than when I first started this conversation, <laughs> right? Like it could be just a character change in the Into the Spider-Verse. So very interesting times. And this Spider-Man universe has got to be one of the more interesting. It went from a, a, a franchise that was on its last legs to now completely reinvigorated and has what I, I think is a very bright future on film and even beyond that. So... Um, he's always been popular in the comic books, always a big money maker, but it's taken a little time here to get him back up to that status. I think of the film universe within the MCU and, and now carrying this whole new Spider-Verse potentially live action. Very exciting stuff, guys. So it, it's it's been, geez, a very exciting week here, guys. We blasted through this news and our weekend nerd, the hunt is real, guys. Yep. It is going down again, as it always is every single week. And a few last things, guys. Retro film review, it's going up. And you got your four films to vote for. And so if you want to have some fun, try to pick who chose each film. I know a couple of them probably aren't too, too hard to guess. <laughs> um, and then get vocal, guys. October 23rd, Friday, October 23rd, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be back talking Holy Grail Collectible. So we're looking for you guys. Input there. Have some fun interacting and back on Get Vocal for a live stream so guys with all that being said if you like to be a bigger part of the nerd room you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com you can find everything that we do over the nerdroom.net and like we said man the hunt you get all three of us there posting so you get a nice variety of collectibles nice variety of of hunt stories on there throughout the week at the nerdroom on instagram that's where we're doing that and uh, what else do we got here? Give a big shout out to man Rob Wade for endorsing this podcast on emotionally14.com. Invite everything that he does and all the other endorsed podcasts over there as well. Guys, we got a lot of big stuff coming up here in the next couple of months that we will announce coming up here. But one thing I was thinking about today that I'm starting to get excited. We got Amazon Days coming up, which is a big hunt day. But <laughs> we also got on the hunt for the holidays coming up here in December like we did last week. Do a little bit of hunting for those uh the less fortunate families and kids we want to make sure that everyone's getting what they want for the holidays so we're going to be contributing and donating lots of toys this year again and so that's something that we're starting to think about here we want people to participate in locally giving to their local centers where they can contribute to you know giving toys and uh giving that that collecting bug to to someone that is slightly less fortunate uh, so guys look out for that and a lot more announcements to come here in the nerd room down the road we're always cooking up things in the background guys and we're very very excited even though we don't have the films we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up here in the not too distant future so guys until next week where we're going through stars marvel dc and beyond for the nerd room i'm tim i'm mando just star wars plug because we had no star wars <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> and i'm batman and thank you guys very much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy sunjay and carlos on twitter at the nerd rm troy the boy 87 sunjabby 
and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.